Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. Welcome back, everyone. Oh my gosh, I am super, super, super excited to have received all the amazing feedback and excitement for the episode one that we are putting out. I am truly overwhelmed by everyone's amazing, beautiful, heartfelt comments and reviews that you guys have put on already. So I I just want to say a huge thank you. And I'm so excited to be connecting with you yet again today. Yay. (laughs) Today, we're going to be kind of diving into connecting the dots back a little bit with my life. I tell you, I've said this numerous times before, I'm not the most perfectly polished speaker or person for that matter. And I am hoping you'll learn from me that I am just an ordinary girl with big goals, big dreams, and big desires just to really add and make an impact to the world and to add value as much as I can to you guys. And like I said before, if I can help you connect with yourselves, connect with people around you and really connect back to the world around you as well, then I'm truly living my full potential and full purpose. So let's dive in a little bit. Let's go back a little bit to pre this version of Katie. I want to connect all the way back to my childhood a little bit and and tell you a little bit about what went on there and then maybe move forward into just after leaving high school to really the start of my life unfolding in a good way. So growing up, I had an abundance of beautiful memories and experiences. And my parents are just an amazing blessing to my life. And as human beings, we get a lot of our traits from our parents, really from good and bad and I've definitely picked up some good and bad traits from from my parents, but I'm not going <laughs> to say what the bad traits are. I've, I've been working on them, you know, ever since I've become more consciously aware and connecting with myself again. So we'll go into that a little bit more later on as the series unfolds. But truly, my parents are beautiful people. I have to give them a shout out on, on here because no doubt they'll be cheering me along and listening. And I get a lot of my entrepreneurial drive from my dad. And I get a lot of my heart care nurturing from my mom. My dad has all his life been very, very driven to succeed and to provide and to build something. And I was always super inspired by that. I'm looking over at the photos on the wall. In my office, I have a, a beautiful memory wall. Moments in my childhood that I really, truly treasure. There's a picture of my dad stood next to me whilst I'm mounted on a horse and we're just about to go in the ring. And he used to always just give me a little, a little pep talk, but in a good way of, you know, what, what my focus should be, you know, little things like keep your heels down, keep your knees closed, elbows bent, you know, all of those little things. And I remember the one, the one thing that he told me was just 
you know, your horse feels everything. Stay centered, stay grounded, and stay focused. And I've carried that with me ever since. So looking at the pictures on the wall, I'm just in true awe of of my parents and their dedication to raising me into the person that I, I am today. And my mom is amazing. She will go out of her way to help anybody and anyone. And, and sometimes that definitely burns us if we let other people kind of get the better of us. But she's truly a carer and nurturer. And there's a picture of me maybe when I was two years old, maybe a little bit younger, and we're blowing out a birthday cake together. I can't, I don't know whose birthday cake it is or if it was mine or hers or whatever, but the, the little version of me there looks ton amount like Lake. It's crazy. But I just remember my mom just giving her all and everything to the family and, and being there for us every day that we came home from school. She was there. Every time we woke up, she's there making breakfast. She's, she was always there and she put her heart and soul into you know, my passion as well, which was riding horses. And she really dedicated herself to that. She would, she would muck out the stall, she would take care of them and I would just kind of ride them. So I was very, very spoiled. I I wasn't a brat, even though sometimes she will say differently, but to this day, I just look at those memories and I, I have so much gratitude and my eyes fill up with water as I'm saying this, because it's just some of the most amazing memories that I, I could have ever wished for. I encourage you in this moment to really think about your childhood with your parents, even though it might not have been a great experience with your parents, but maybe there's a couple of moments in there that you can go back and really appreciate them. And even if you just have a split second right now, pick up your phone and send them a text and tell them that you're thinking of them and that you love them and you appreciate them. I want to do that right now. I just sent a message to my mom and dad saying, I love you, I appreciate you and I miss you. Little messages like that just go a long way, guys. So whenever you're just in that appreciation mode for somebody, just drop them a message, even if you have to do it on social media. It's a beautiful way of connecting with people and just showing that gratitude and appreciation towards them. So yeah, I had an amazing childhood, I have to say. Um, When it came to school, that was a different feeling, (laughs) even though I give school a lot of gratitude because... I don't think I would be the driven person I am today. I wasn't academically smart. I was one of those street smart people, but I enjoyed building relationships with people from school. And I really thrived off having those connections and having those friendships, even though I think I tried too hard. Looking back, I think I tried too hard to make friends with people. I was so desperate to make friends because through my younger childhood, I'd spent a lot of time just horse riding and being around horses. And I had a a very awesome childhood friend called Joanne. And I spent a lot of time with her as we both used to ride and I would spend every week in her house. And if Joanne is listening to this today or her mom, I don't know, but wow, again, some of the most beautiful memories come from those times. We were spending a lot of time with those two. But yeah, I was just so desperate to make friends because I didn't have a, a huge social life outside of riding horses, even though it was very social. I had that need to kind of do something away from it. So school was one of those times where I look back and I'm like, oh, I cringe a little bit. But at the same time, I give it a lot of thanks because I really nurture and appreciate those relationships when they come by those friendships you know, still to this day, I've been maybe try a little bit too hard to make friends or I kind of become really geekish when I'm in a group of people. 
I'm probably not the best version of myself because I try too hard. And instead of trying too hard and being up here in your head, thinking, thinking, thinking of how to make a good impression or how to show up better or all of these things, it's again, shifting back down to your heart and coming from that loving place where you care, care about them first before you get anything back in return. I think it's so powerful. Going through school, I really struggled and for some reason, I was just one of those kids that caught every cold, flu, virus. And, you know, I was, I was healthy. I was active. And I, knowing what I know now, I definitely wasn't healthy in the foods that I ate. But that really paid a price when it came to spending time at school. And I think because I didn't enjoy school as much, I made excuses on to the reasons why I didn't want to go. Of course, when you tell your mind and your body that you don't want to go or you feel sick, then of course, that's what's going to happen. And because I did it a lot, the more and more cases of me getting sick, the more time I spent away from school and didn't have the best grades, all honestly. I came away from from primary school, which to you guys in the US, that is elementary school, I guess. I'm still getting used to the lingo here, so bear with me leaving elementary school, primary school, I left with a teacher. I'm not going to say a name. In the fifth year of school, I was super nervous about doing maths. I really struggled with numbers. I was terrified of them and I would get it wrong most of the time. I swear my teacher had it out for me. I don't know what it was or what I was doing or if it was my face or (laughs) something, but she had it out for me. And I built up all this confidence doing maths and then going into this new teacher, she just knocked me down. Anytime she would ask a question, I didn't raise my hand. She would automatically pick me. I'm like, damn it. Because of that. And I I didn't really feel like I was the most confident person when it came to maths and that, that weakness showed. So then it gave other kids a prime opportunity to kind of poke at me a little bit and make fun of me. I just remember thinking at the time, why is it always me? Why is she why is she focusing on me? And instead of focusing on me in a positive way and helping me develop this skill more, she's actually making it worse. And it really affected me going forward. So I left primary school, especially with maths as a really low grade because she didn't carry on the pattern from the previous teacher and and really rattled me. She really, really rattled me. I didn't know how I was going to recover from it. So going into secondary school, high school, and think it would probably halfway through middle school, if you're in the US, I was entered in a lower grade. I was still at the same grade as everybody else, but as an exam paper, I was entered in lower. So then that meant that I could only get a certain level on that paper, which was C minus or maybe even a D. So it's really, really difficult to get anything higher than that. Like, great, <laughs> save myself up for success here, aren't I? So I bobbed along through high school, not really knowing where I was going to end up. I really didn't have a clear vision on what I was going to do after school. You know, some people decide there and then what they're going to do. For me, I'm like, I am done with education. I don't want to do anymore. I don't want to learn anymore. I just want to get out of this system. It's breaking me more than it's building me. And I, I identified that at the time. I thought, no, I'm going to leave school wrap that section up of my life and go into work. Problem is going into work with very little grades is very, very, very difficult. And I remember being faced with the challenge of deciding whether I would go into 
this path or I was going to go into this path. And it was either between, I can't remember at the time whether it was some really basic job, like pretty much like a cleaning job, or I would get like an internship working as an admin officer. So I decided to go with the office administrative route. (laughs) I'm like, surely this is not what life is about. And I did that for a few years, kind of internship, going through different places, trying to figure out what kind of environment that I wanted to be involved in. I enrolled myself on a couple of courses, like learning how to do Sage accounts and learning how to do purchase ledger and things like that, like extra courses that you would do at night. So I was kind of figuring out how I could advance myself, but without going back to school, which I did. I didn't go into college. I didn't go into university. I went straight into work and I quickly learned that the workplace is a tough place to be. Some people love it. Some people like, it is what it is. I can't tell you the amount of jobs I've had since leaving school. If you looked at my resume, it would go on and on and on and on and on of all the different jobs that I went in. Because what I was looking for was very, very rarely what exists in the workplace is culture and community, the opportunity to grow and the opportunity to contribute. Very, very little does it exist in a lot of workplaces. So finding the perfect workplace was very, very difficult. That ticked all those boxes. So I would kind of bounce around and I would spend some time in between jobs, just figuring out what I wanted to do. And I, I, I really, really found it difficult. I think it's much easier to this day and age is certainly start an online business or do something online. But 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was, you know, social media was a lot more quieter than it is now. I think it's more difficult to, certainly back then it was to build something. So, you know, if you kind of did something like that, it was a lot harder than it is today. We could argue that it's actually easier back then versus harder. It depends what angle you come at it. Besides the point, I was really really lost. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't earning a lot of money. I certainly didn't have a lot of skills. So I would, like I said, do these night courses, but it would only get me so far. People wanted to see the credentials. They wanted to see the grades. They wanted to see the experience. And I didn't have a lot of those things, especially just coming out of school. So I found it so difficult and most of the time I was banging my head against a brick wall thinking, what can I do? How can I find what I'm looking for? And a lot of the times that when we're in this place, when we are figuring things out, whether it's, you know, outside of our business or inside of a business, we've, we've got to switch into, instead of looking for resources, we've got to become very resourceful. And that's where I was getting stuck. I was trying to find the resources, but it was me myself that had to become more resourceful in order to get to where I wanted to be. It was still a struggle. I'm not going to lie. I was 18 years old. I had now a couple of years of experience of working in an office and I managed to secure myself with a, with a job with a really good company, kind of working as a purchase ledger, but I worked sometimes on the reception too. And I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, but again, I didn't see the opportunity to grow. And that's what one of my needs were. I, even to this day, if I don't feel like I'm growing, I'm like, I I don't know. I feel like I'm dying inside. 
growth is life when it comes to anything, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your career or business, whether it's your your physical health, your fitness, like we feel like we need to be growing as humans. And if we stay at a, a similar level, then we can feel like we're not succeeding or we're, we're not being fulfilled. So that need for growth was there. I wanted to contribute in some way. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make an impact. So I would come into the office with these ideas and these fun ways that we could come together as a group, that we could do this with the business, or why don't we change this on that feature and da da da. And a lot of the times my ideas will get shot down before they even heard me. Or the the manager or the the staff member would just feel, I don't know, somewhat threatened. And some of the times I found that people would find a way to fire me, even though I would work longer, harder, and smarter than most people. Or I would quit myself because I had had enough of not getting what I wanted out of my workplace. And that's not being, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't good enough for me or anything like that. It was, I knew that I needed better in my life. I knew that I deserved more in life. I knew that I I could do more and none of these places were fulfilling exactly what I wanted to do. So everything that, the reason why we're connecting back right now, because everything I've learned through my childhood, through my teenage years, through school, through working at all these places, yeah, I might not have gained the experience to do that job, but I gained way more experience in the in the sense of building a community how to build a customer base, what to do with those customers, how to treat staff members, how to create a fun environment, because it doesn't exist in any of these places. So when it came to building my own business, I made sure that, you know, connecting with people and building a community was high on my priority list. And going forward, it's all I've ever done. One of the things that my dad taught me, working with him as an apprentice, um, that was my first job and I loved it. I loved working for the family business. It just felt right. It felt like home. And I did a recent talk in in London a couple of months ago, and I played a song um, by Philip Phillips called Home. And I played it from stage. And I know that a lot of the people who went to that conference still listen to that same track now because of the feeling that it gives it. It talks about, we're going to make this place your home. And it's exactly what my dad did in his own workplace just created a home. And even though there was, it was a whole run by family. I had my older brother, I had my younger brother, I had me, I had my dad, one out, outsider called Chris. And he's still there to this day, like 15 years later. It was just a home. It was a fun place to be every single day. And it was in a, a worn down unit, no installation, no heating. So you can imagine in the winter in a, a industrial unit, it was freezing. I mean, literally freezing. My, I'm laughing because I'm looking, I'm just thinking back to that moment. I had fingerless gloves on. So you'd only see the tips of my fingers to type. And I had my, I've got to get the picture out somewhere. It's so funny. I'm head to toe wrapped up. I have some sort of fluffy boots on or whatever. And all you could see is my eyes. It looked like I had a, a, a turban on. It was brilliant. Because <laughs> I would sit at the top of this, the stairwell where the door would be open all day in the middle of winter and I would be freezing. But I knew that I was with family. I was safe. I enjoyed it. Even though I didn't have much to do on a daily basis, I had my dog, Spud, he was called. At the time, he was a border collie. I'm looking at him now on my memory wall and he would be at my feet all day long. And 
I got so many lessons working with my dad, more than that I did with any other company. And he always taught me that customers are always right and to add value to them. He survived three recessions. He's built himself um, a great empire and still has loyal customers to this day. And it was all centered around adding value to his customers. And it's exactly what I implement into my life every single day when it comes to turning up and showing up is how can I add value to people? And even my greatest mentor, Tony Robbins, talks about it so much. But obviously hearing from him and recognizing like, oh, wow, I've been doing that already for so long. And, you know, kind of give myself a pat on the back for already doing that, but not knowing what I was actually doing, which is, you know, amazing. So I learned a lot from him, even though I was only really earning about 500 to maybe 800 pounds a month. I couldn't afford to move out. I couldn't afford to have my own place. I was living out of my parents' spare bedroom. I shared a car with my boyfriend at the time. I'm like, wow, is this what life is really going to be like? (laughs) Struggling? I mean, I am so much more better than this. I know I'm capable of more. I just didn't know how to do it. And sometimes I would spend nights in my bedroom just crying out of pure frustration. How am I going to get the life that I visualize? The life that I visualized was living on the beach or near a beach in America, having that freedom to do whatever I wanted that day, but also have something that I am truly excited to show up every day, to add value, to create something, to make an impact by all of those things that we've we've been talking about today and having that connection and building a community and having fun and, and just really getting to design my own life. And that's what I've visualized it, a house on the ocean in America with maybe an American husband. I don't know, but that was my vision. And my vision was so strong that I named, and I'm looking at him on the wall right now, his stable name was Jupe, like after the men's aftershave. I didn't name him that, but Jupe. I named his show name Malibu Dream because that was my dream to live in Malibu on the ocean, like in California, super cool, like in the sunshine every day. That was my dream to live in Malibu. So I called him Malibu Dream because I was just so focused. Even at 14 years old, I knew exactly what I wanted and I knew exactly what I was going to have in my life later on. And even when we used to talk as, as teenagers, you know, our family and when we have kids, I remember saying, when I have kids, I'm going to have a nanny because I'll be successful. I'll still want my own identity. I would still want to do my thing, but I would still want to spend time with my family and be around them, but I would need help taking care of them. <laughs> and some of you guys will be like, wow, because I'm studying my office now, now. right now. I'm looking out through the windows to the house and I'm overlooking the ocean. I'm living in America and I have Lake running around in the background with our beautiful nanny taking care of her. And it's just amazing. All the decisions that you make through your childhood, through your teenage years, through your early 20s, where it can lead you, where it could take you is just mind blowing. It really is. So working for my dad, going back to the topic, going working for my dad, I loved it, but I, I needed more. I felt like I needed more. And this was after I had settled in a corporate job. I was again a purchase ledger. I was super excited to be there. I made a a really strong decision after accepting the job that this is it. 
This is where my home is going to be. I'm going to work here. I'm going to do everything I can to tick all the things like contribution, growth and connection and community. I'm going to make sure I do all of those things with this company. Again, it was like banging my head against a brick wall. To this day, me and my friend, Aaron, who worked at the same place call, we call it micro pig because the the place was truly a pigful place to work for. (laughs) Yeah, not a fun place. Every task that I had was, you'll hear my state change right now because it's such a crappy place to go back to. But every time I was given a task, it was really, really difficult, especially being so early in, in the company. A lot of the stuff that I was given to do was a mess. I mean, even the senior leaders couldn't even unfold this mess that was being given to me. Like, how how am I even supposed to do this when I'm when I'm brand new to this company? I don't know the ins and outs like a senior leader would. I truly felt like I kind of was the black sheep of the team there. As much as I tried to, you know, bring so much to the table, it was kind of whacked off the table. <laughs> and I remember going home one day just. I felt really, really depressed. I thought this was the place. I've done everything possible I could in that place to make it, to make it better, to to give and to add value and do all of the things that was, you know, aligned within me. Like that's my core. That's who I am. But then when something comes along and it makes us question who we are and it makes us question what we're about, it's not right for you. And I I knew that, but I just continue to try and try and try. And you probably relate to this in some way when it comes to your business or your career or, or a relationship or even friendships that you just give and give and give and you're just not getting anything back. It's wearing. Like I said on uh, on a previous episode is when we move away from our core, that's when we start to question and different stories and beliefs and values start to build up over our core and we move further away from who we are. So I wasn't showing up every day. I'm the person that I wanted to be. So I went home, I, I drove home the whole time crying on a Friday after just giving my all, all of that week. And I remember my manager just being so awful for no reason, for no reason at all. I fell through the door, I landed on my knees and my mom and dad could hear me crying. I was probably 23 at the time. You know, I was fed up. I just wanted to be able to earn enough money so that I could maybe put down a deposit for a a house or an apartment or something. And I remember just coming away thinking, this is not my home. This is not my place. And I thought I got it right. And I thought I could move forward. I thought I could be able to move out soon. And this is not my plan. I remember just feeling so, I just, a failure. I just felt like an utter failure. And I felt like my parents weren't proud of me. I felt like they weren't proud of me. You know, I can't remember the last time they were proud of me, which I know they're always proud of me. But at the time, I remember telling myself a story of how can they be proud of you? The last time they were proud of you was when you were riding horses. Like you're a nobody now. You're a nothing. You, you can't even hold down a job. You, you suck at everything. You've got no credentials. You've got no experience. You've got no, you've got no good grades. What are you going to do with your life? And I just felt like an utter failure. It was really hard just to walk through that door and tell my dad that I couldn't go back or my mom that I couldn't go back. And I was paying them a little bit of rent to rent one of the rooms in their house. And I wouldn't go on vacations. I wouldn't spend extravagantly. I I wouldn't go out every weekend or anything like that. I was just trying to save and trying to get myself in a good place. I'd I'd cancelled my phone contract and went on a pay-as-you-go just so I could have that little bit of extra money. I 
got rid of the car. So I would share, share a car with uh, my boyfriend at the time. So I didn't have to, we didn't have another expense of a car so we could save even more. You know, I was, I was doing all the smart things, but it just wasn't working out for me. I don't know if you guys ever felt like that, that you'd always try to do the right thing, but it just wasn't working out. So like, I've got to change my approach. I've got to do something different. And I came home feeling like a failure. And that was where the tears started flowing. And my mom and dad came to the front of the door and I just was sat in a puddle on the floor. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. What am I doing wrong? Like I, I give up. I did want to give up. I honestly wanted to give up. And I, I said, dad, I'm done working for these companies that don't appreciate or respect or treat me kindly when I'm there working my butt off, doing extra hours, doing extra value, doing the added value that you always told me to do. And I'm, it's just not getting me anywhere. Should I just be the asshole and treat everyone like crap and do minimum work like everyone else does and be liked? Like, what am I supposed to do? And I, I said, please, can I come and work for the family business? He was like, Kate, I can't, we can't afford you right now. This was just after the recession, 2008. They were just coming out the other end of it. You know, he'd, he'd survived but and, and thrived actually. He actually thrived. It was amazing to see, but he still couldn't afford that extra employee wage. And I said, dad, please, I will do anything. I will just, if you just pay me 50 pounds a week, just to cover the expenses that I have, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll make you tea. I'll do coffee. I will go and do deliveries. I'll do the mail, like whatever it is that you need me to do. I'll, I'll do it. And I said, until I, you know, I find something that I really want to do, or I don't know, it was a way out, I guess not probably the way out that it should have been, but it was, it was, and it should have been. So he said, yes. And he took me on. And I remember going into Monday into my current employee with a letter in my hand. And I walked into the office feeling this really weird feeling of people being super secretive and whispering and I'm like, what is going on? I'd been off for a week, sick with stress I gave him a doctor's note. I needed to, I needed a week to figure things out to get my head back on my shoulders and find, find an alternative because I couldn't do it anymore. And I walked in with the, the letter and my manager called me over and she said, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she had a list of re- all the reasons why they wanted to let me go. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're letting me go. Not from an ego point of view, but I'm like, I have given you everything I can't physically do anymore. So I think it just all came down to they just didn't like me as a person and that was okay. They listed off a bunch of reasons why they were letting me go and they were going to give me an extension pay and I'd, I'd literally come away with £3,000. I'm like, oh my God, £3,000. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, fine, no problem. And I signed the document and, you know, it covered their ass and it covered mine and you know, it was the agreement of they was going to pay me £3,000. like, okay. After I signed it, I got up and I said, so you don't need this resignation letter then? Okay. And I just tore it up and threw it in the trash. And if I would have given him my notice, I wouldn't have got a penny. But, you know, they'd, they'd come up with this reason why and give me this document first before I had a chance to speak. So I'm like, okay, signed it, done. Not my problem. And I went, it was funny because I went back to sit at my desk, ready to carry on working for the rest of the day. And she's like, no, you can go now. I'm like, awesome. 
bye. <laughs> and I never saw any of them or spoke to any of them ever again. And again, that was a blessing when I connected back. That was such a blessing in my life. And I give it so much thanks because I learned so much from that company on how not to treat people, most importantly. But everything happens for us, not to us. So I went working with my dad for a couple of years and we built another company to be a sister company for the company that he had at the time. And I had so much fun building that. A lot of the times it was spent in a small office by myself, but you know, I designed my own day. I designed my own work. I really got to do what I was born to do, which was to kind of lead my own company. And it was awesome. I, again, I learned so much from it and got a lot, a lot of insight on how to run a business effectively. And again, (laughs) everything happens for us, not to us. So I learned a lot in that short space of time of my life. And you could say it's not really a short time of my life, but it it really was. Um, It went by so fast, but I got so much insight from not only from my childhood, but from my teenage years and all the resilience that I built from being bullied, from being a a victim of, of bullying, even through primary school and high school, there was times where I was bullied, but it just made me so much stronger And it made me appreciate when good people come along. And it also gave me the insight of when people are hurting, they lash out in different ways. And all the people that were bullying me were obviously going through something themselves. And I just give thanks to them and I send them love. I send them healing and I hope that they're not in that painful place today. And that's all you can do to when you look back and connect all of the dots back to points in your life and even the painful ones is just going, oh, thank you for that moment. I appreciate you and I appreciate everything that happened because it made me who I am today. And it maybe has shaped you in a way that isn't a positive way, but if you can recognize that as we are connecting with each other right now, if you can recognize that and just simply send it thanks, send it healing, send it gratitude and truly be appreciative of that moment, you can heal yourself instantly just by clicking your fingers and doing that. To kind of wrap things up today, I'm super thankful that you've spent this time with me and you really got to learn where Katie come from and why I'm on a really a strong mission to build this connection club, to create this community, to add value to, to you guys. You know where it all comes from now and the lessons and the, and the beautiful moments that I've had in my life has led me truly to this point now. So I'm super, super grateful you have disconnected for a short while to uh, connect with me today and also really connect back to yourself. And there's going to be moments throughout this episode where you really think about yourself and how I've shown up and how you've shown up and really identified those moments. And like, if you need to give something gratitude, then give it gratitude. If you just have enjoyed going back and looking at your childhood and your teenage years and your early twenties or however old you are right now and and really going backwards a little bit and each stage of your life, you can really look at it and be appreciative and thankful. And I'm excited to share more about my story and and really the the past and what's happened and and kind of give you some some insights and tips on exactly where I am today all has happened that's led me to this moment. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon.